Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. And now it's time for some sad news. Come on. No, it's super sad. What? Don't start really the sad. Po- don't start the podcast with sad. We always start with sad. Someone died, and then someone else died, and guess what? Did someone die? Actually, three people died. Ugh. Well, it's not even people. Three beavers died. Three beavers. My beavers at Northwestern. Like I would walk in the morning, and how'd, I'd see my beavers working on their dam. How'd they all die? They were found dead. Oh, I know it's never good when anything is found dead. <laughs> it usually means foul play was involved in some way. Now, only three, and I am pretty darn convinced there were four. So it's entirely possible there's still a Ooh, beaver. That kicking fourth around. one is going to come back. I know, right? Things are looking bad for beaver number four right now. No, he's going to avenge the death of the other three. Oh, I three. like that even more. Yeah. So anyway, that was my sad news, my beloved beavers. Well, guess what's not dying? This podcast, darn it. This no. podcast is alive and well. That was a nice transition. I, I, I called that one of my better ones. Yeah. Nice. And uh, yes, what what is the name of this podcast? Fuse Eight and Kate. That's right. It's not called Deathy McDeath Death. And uh, what do we do on uh, Fuse Eight and Kate? Talk about death. Sometimes. All often. the time. Often. <laughs> Very weirdly often. Yes. Come to our children's literature podcast, kids, and learn more about the other side. Oh, <laughs> Yay. I do like Beetlejuice, though. <laughs> I, well, I just listened to... Oh, no, I'm giving away my grown-up thing I like. I'm not going to mention it. But uh, this week, I'm pretty sure that the book we are doing does not involve death in any way, shape, or form. Eh, we can fix that. I don't know. It, well, <laughs> and I don't know if it's, like, true, actually, because this is one of the very rare cases where I have literally not read a word of this week's book but i promised you i promised you a certain kind of book last week and celebrity no not celebrity hockey no. uh well canadian so this is the probably the most famous canadian picture book known to the least number of americans out there i will pull it out now the hockey sweater by oh go ahead Try your hand at it. Rock Carrier. <laughs> that, says, that does look like what it is pronounced Rock Carrier, yeah. doesn't it? Roke? Maybe it's Roke. Roche? I mean... R-O-C-H. This is a Quebecois type book, so maybe it's... Roche. 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 I rolled that R. I think Carrier? That was, that was Carrier would definitely be the, the last name. Uh... I don't actually know if this... Oh, yeah, no. Translated from the original French by Sheila Fishman. So there you go. Okay. A true... We're talking down-home, hardcore, Canadian, French-Canadian picture book. And this week, uh, news was that the goaltender for the Las Vegas Knights just got traded to the Chicago Blackhawks, which means we're gonna win soon. Maybe... It's about been a hockey, few years. Right? Yeah, it's talking about oh, hockey. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. I've, heard, I've heard of that. Okay. Okay. All right. Read this book. All right. Yay. While Kate does her read, I'm going to confess something to you. 
Normally when we do books, I'll do a little background information portion here while Kate does her read. Um, and usually I have to scrounge to find information. I'm like, and the author in second grade once drew a pony. This week, I have the opposite problem. I have too much information about this book. So much information, I literally didn't know what to do with it. Now, another way to put this is, we, we could say that this is just another uh, episode in our spinoff series, Betsy doesn't know anything about Canadian history. With the possible exception of what I learned from Harka Vagrant comics, and that's a bit of a dodgy way of getting your facts. So I'm going to tell you how this book sort of came to be. I'll, I'll give you some of the info, but it begins with something that I just don't understand. So the very first sentence when I was reading up on this said, in the aftermath of Quebec's quiet revolution, I'm like, okay, burp, 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 stop, stop, okay, all right. Um, basically, to sum up, uh, the guy who wrote this book uh, wanted to make, okay, anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it to you straight. I'm gonna read it to you straight. Okay, here we go. In the aftermath of Quebec's quiet revolution, tensions between francophones within the province and anglophones escalated as a provincial movement led by the governing Parti Québécois to separate from Canada reached its peak in the 1970s. Now, seeking to explain Quebec's independence movement, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, or CBC, Toronto affiliate asked Roque Carrier, whose debut novel, I'm not making this up, La Guerre, yes sir, had been popular amongst both French and English Canadians to explain what does Quebec want. Okay, so he was supposed to provide an answer. He couldn't come up with anything. Um, so he was asked to write about anything he wanted to fill his time. So considering what to write, Carrier thought about his own childhood and he stated in an interview that he began thinking of, quote, when was it that I felt I was really myself? And I remember, it was when I put on my skates and my Eaton catalogs on my legs and I stood up and I was taller than my mom and I had a stick in my hand so I was stronger than my brother. And so I started to write about that and it turned into the hockey sweater story. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how it all began with the quiet revolution. Bonjour. Bonsoir. Ooh. Oui. <laughs> Comment ça va? Uh, oui. Comme si, comme ça. Et toi? Où est la bibliothèque? Ah oui. Ah. ah la le... bibliothèque. Ah. Oh. So French. How about them? Canadians. French-speaking Canadians, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Used to work with one. Oh. She, her, her parents owned a blueberry farm. Interesting. I know. Yeah. The penguinologist company is based in Montreal. Ah. So he deals with French Canadians all day. Does he speak French with them? No. No. They they want him to. I bet they, <laughs> they do. They sure do want them to. So. Un petit peu? Yeah, no. No. <laughs> no. So, um, right. So this is a book about Canadians and hockey and that's it. Really? Is that all it is? Pretty there's much. no tension. There's no storyline. There's just Canadians playing hockey. I mean, there's I mean, a I little could, bit I of a storyline. I could get that anywhere. Literally. Well, yeah. I have an issue with the storyline, but we'll get into oh, it. Oh, excellent. So, there's a small town, and all the kids are obsessed with the Montreal Canadiens, which is the local hockey team. Which this year they got to the Stanley Cup Finals and then lost to Tampa Bay. So yeah. that must that must hurt extra hard. I mean, it's Tampa Bay. <laughs> They're really good though. They've won 
Stanley Cup pretty recently. So huh. very strange. Yeah, and that they have no ice at all. I don't know what to tell you. They do, and they won. So just saying. Right. So all these kids are obsessed with um, the player Maurice Richard, uh, who used to play. I'm assuming at well, maybe at this point he currently plays. Is that is... who that guy's face is on the wall? Yes. Because it's on the cover too, and I was like, he just looks real mad. You know, if you want to know more about him, there's a 2005 movie about him called The Rocket, which was his nickname. Oh, okay. Who played him? Uh, someone French Canadian. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not interested. I don't know. Who. Anyway, so yeah, so all these kids just adore this hockey player. They like him so much that they all wear his jersey. So when they do like a five on five game, it's number nine against number nine against number nine against number nine against number nine. Against, yeah. Shirts versus shirts. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Um, but as I'm reading the story, I'm like, wow, this is wordy. There's a lot of. There's a lot of text. So it was adapted from a short story, um, yeah. apparently. But we're talking well, I say, like i'm saying adapted but it looks like they just took chunks of it and just threw it on the page yeah it, it's a lot yeah There's it's a lot, lot of, of lot words. of text here yeah anyway so uh one day uh like the main character kid uh he comes home from hockey and his well they call it sweater we call them jerseys uh his jersey is like pretty much ripped to shreds and his mother how did he get ripped it's hockey Oh, I see. Okay. I thought like a dog. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Okay. No, right. just like wear and tear. Oh, because he's natural wear and tear. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So his mother uh, insists on him only having the best, and so she wants to get him a new jersey. Well, <laughs> yeah. remember when you used to order out of magazines and you had to fill in the form? Yeah, I remember little boxes and junk. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what she has to do, but unfortunately, she doesn't understand English, and the form is in English. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So Red is rouge. So what she does is she writes a handwritten note uh to the head of the catalog because it's Eaton's catalog and so she writes dear monsieur Eaton, uh would you be so kind as to send me a Canadian's hockey sweater for my son Roche? Roche. I'm Roche. going I'm going with Roche. 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 Uh who is 10 and uh and so he's you know Super pumped that he's going to be getting a new jersey, right? Yeah. Uh, So the day comes when he finally gets the package in the mail, and this page has no text, but it's the most interesting page. Okay, so the book did fall open at one point when I was looking at it, and I just stared at these two pages. They really are fascinating. My favorite is just whatever's going on on the right hand side in the post office. We've got a uh, a woman who I think is literally blackmailing. <laughs> uh, we've got an older woman at the bottom that's making an older man. So the older woman is making the older man furious. We have a postal worker that looks like Fidel Castro. Oh, yeah. There's a lot really going does. on here. <laughs> I'm getting a little sidetracked, but. Wait, and I love, what's the name? What's the name of the restaurant? What's it called? You pronounce that. Oh, doggone. I want you to do it. Uh, chaud. That's the chaud. Because that's hot. Chaudronnier. So where they serve hot La food. Chaudronnier. Hot you food. have both your cas and your croute. Yeah. Yeah. And poutine, I'm sure. And I, that's the one flaw with this image is that there is no poutine on the sign. Oh, wait, is that on the sign? Is it on the far left? Well, that's fries, but you can't. Boo! You can't tell if there's. I see no on. gravy. Okay. Anyway, so he comes home. He opens up the package. And what does he see? A Toronto Maple Leaves what? jersey. 
no. Now, I love a good hockey mom, but this mom just does not understand. That's um, weird. You would think of all people she would understand the most. She insists on like to her son, like, look, you you got to try it on. You never know if you're going to like it unless you try it on. <laughs> and he's like, I'm looking at the other people in this room who are like aghast and, and in shock. And I'm well, like, how they're are they allowing this to happen? Yeah. Well, they're all laughing because they know that the poor kid is going to have to wear that Toronto Maple Leafs Jersey. <sighs> and he definitely doesn't want to do it. No, he does not. And she even says like, well, what's going to happen? Like, what do you want me to do? Like write to Mr. Eaton and tell him that you don't want to wear this Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. And I'm like, yes. Well, I think, lady, you specifically wrote that you wanted a Canadian's jersey, not a Maple Leafs jersey. Right. So you should get either your money back right. or you should get. That happened back then. Yeah. People got their you money back. You should get what you paid yeah. for. Yeah. But she thinks that Mr. Eaton is just going to be so insulted and so offended that he's not going to get back to you until it's spring. I don't think spring. she understands how capitalism works. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, so she's like, sorry, but you know, you're not gonna get a New Jersey, so you might as well just wear it. And so he goes to hockey practice oh, man. wearing Okay, look, I totally get this. If you're, I get this. If you are, let's say, a Chicago Bears fan, mm-hmm. the last thing you wanna do is wear like a, a Green Bay Packers jersey or a Minnesota Vikings jersey. You don't wanna do that. Well, especially if literally every other person is wearing the same thing and you now have I mean, diverted and not even diverted because you wanted to. See, that's the thing. This would be a completely different story if, like, secretly all along he was a Maple Leafs fan. And then he's like, you know what? I will wear my sweater and it will prove to all of them it's just yep. as good. No, that is not this story. The Maple Leafs are apparently known to always lose against the Canadians. So, uh, yeah. Well, now they know who to play against. Now so much he's easier wearing, to pick teams. wearing yeah. a jersey of losers. <laughs> jersey of losers. Uh, right. So he goes to hockey practice, and the coach was like, um, yeah, uh, look, I know you want to start, but we're going to put you in the second line. Yeah, you'll, you'll be in the second line. He's like, okay, fine. And then uh, second line goes up, and the... Uh, the captain is like, oh, no, um, you actually are going to be on defense. He's like, okay, but that doesn't happen until the third period. And by that point, he's he hasn't played at all. And it, he, he thinks that because one of the players got hit in the nose with a stick, that he's going to be able to, like, jump in and play now. Sure, yeah. But as soon as he jumps in, the referee is like, nope, sorry, there's too many people on the ice. You have to get off. And he's like... Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> I'm with him on this. I'm with him. At this point, I'm like, okay, you know, I've been waiting for a fight because yeah. hockey. It's hockey for crying out exactly. loud. Exactly. That's I'm one of the great things about hockey. Wheel, snipe, Sally, mm-hmm. boys, let's go. No. they. He doesn't get to play. He So he gets he's so angry that he throws his stick onto the ice and it breaks in half. That's a lot of anger. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty frustrated. At which point... Um, the coach is like, oh, no, no. Nay, nay, my child. Oh, no, no. Take your broken stick, your ugly jersey, wow. go into the church and pray. Seriously? What? Go into the church and pray? And ask God to forgive you. Wow. Because of your, that is so because of your hissy aggressive. fit. Yeah. Yeah. And all the other hockey players are like, oh, sneers. you have to go to church. I'm, I'm not seeing a lot of pages left, but I'm hoping for like a huge comeuppance. Like mm. he goes into the church and then those cows over there like go rabid and suddenly eat everybody. And he's the only one saved because he was in the church. Is that what happens? 
Well, let me let me show you, my child. All right. He goes into the church. Does God magically make it a red sweater? He uh, he goes into the church and prays to God that a hundred million moths eat the <laughs> maple leaves jersey. That is fair. And that's it. What the heck? That's the end of the book. Wait, what? So I'm like, there's no comeuppance. I'm like, wait a minute. That's it. That's the end. There's no resolution. And then I, I saw, I thought in my head, tabernacle. Which, sorry, French Canadian kids, if you're listening, that's like holy. Sure. Yeah. Holy shirt balls. Shirt balls. Oh, shirt balls. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's uh. Yeah. Oh, that's a frustrating book. <clears throat> okay. All right. So this story. Uh, oh my gosh. There's so many parts to this. Okay. So first of all, the book has sold over 300,000 copies. Um, it's been re- republished as its short story has been republished in numerous anthologies. Um, it's considered an allegory apparently for the relationship and tensions that exist between Francophones and Anglophiles. So it's so popular. How popular is it? It's so popular that a line from this story appears on a Canadian $5 bill as part of the Canadian Journey banknote series printed between 2001 and 2013. I'm just going to say that again. It's on their money. This story is on their money. So as I mentioned before, it was a short story. It was originally published in 1979 under the title Un Abominable Fouille Dorable sur la Glace, which is An Abominable Maple Leaf on the Ice. Uh, huge hit, goes crazy, everybody goes nuts for it. In 1982, the author approaches the founder of Tundra Books and asks to create a picture book. Uh, it's published in 1984 as The Hockey Sweater, which we just read. It's a huge, massive hit. Uh, so they made sequels. The Boxing Champion in 91. The Longest Home Run in 94. And of course, The Basketball Player in 1996. So you're sensing a theme here. I'm really hoping in the, each case, he accidentally gets the wrong shirt, like in each one of those, <laughs> that just to keep it consistent the entire way through. And yes, of course, in the fall season of 2017, it was turned into a musical. The Hockey Sweater, a musical. It was, uh, it actually came out to celebrate Montreal's 375th anniversary. Cool. Which is really, really long. Yeah. So, yeah. Ratings time. You go first. Uh, A. Okay. Um, someone who's never read it. Yeah. Okay. Well, from what I could tell, uh, first of all, the art is, um, rustic. I might even say it has sort of a folk art feel. Uh, it's not my kind of art, but you know, I think I have more problems with the story, which is to say the lack of an ending. Because I'm, sh- I have no doubt this is based apparently on a true story from his own life. I have no doubt this is actually how it all went down. But even when you base stories on your own life, you're supposed to have some sort of a conclusion, resolution, resolution. Thank you. That's even better. Just something to sum up what we've, what have we learned here today? Do not trust your mother. Is the lesson I guess. Or do not trust. Buying or your from teammates a who will turn on you on a dime if you are a victim of fate. Yeah. Which it your coach clearly too. is. Your coach too. And the your ref. captain. And yeah, everyone. Seriously. It's 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 a little, yeah. And I'm You're like, rating though. And I cannot believe that the mom would grow, you know, living in this community would be so dense as to be like, it'll be fine. What's the big deal? So my rating is a dismal. It's got, it's gets peppy. So I'll give it points for that. Uh, but it's a rather dismal 3.5. Okay. Yeah. 
As much as I love hockey and supporting your favorite team or your favorite player, as much as I was rooting for the main kid, I'm also disappointed with how it ends. It's funny, but it definitely feels unfinished. So you go from pages with millions of paragraphs to literally one sentence on the last page, and it definitely leaves you wanting more. Also, there's no fights. So I gave it a four. Yeah, there's like no fights. I gave it a four because it's entertaining, but I don't like the ending, and I also don't like the illustrations. So it's fun fact, um, Canada just opened up its borders, uh, or is about to open up its borders to us, uh, but it looks like you and I will not be allowed to go there because we have just declared this not to be a classic. Yeah. We're going to have to hide our faces and change our names if we want to get back to that I said it was entertaining. Yeah, no, I said it was peppy, right? It just needs a better ending, that's all. And possibly another illustrator. Yep. Moving on! Okay, letters time! Uh, From Misty. So, she was writing about Meet Denitra Brown, which we just did, and she said, I was intrigued by that line, the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice, which appears in Meet Denitra Brown. I remembered it from the picture book by that title referenced by you above. So I went down the internet rabbit hole and discovered that The Black or the Berry is the title of a 1929 novel by Wallace Thurman. Not sure if he originated it or if he used an existing saying as a title for his work. However, I also discovered that for readers of Meet Danita Brown in 1994... It might have seemed like a hat tip to Tupac, who used the line in his 1993 single, Keep Your Head Up. And of course, our mom then sort of informed us that it was also a, uh, a, a common folk saying. So it, it, it precedes all of this by, by quite a bit. Sorry, I'm still hung up on the fact that you said Tupac. I'm sorry, who, how do you pronounce it? Tupac. Uh, I'm not changing it. We're keeping that in. Yeah, okay. Whole thing. <laughs> I don't even care. Tupac, Tupac, whatever. <laughs> From Heather D. Uh, she says, to begin with, I have a little tip for fellow Fuse 8 and Kate fans. There's definitely a way to keep the book of the week a secret. Listen to at least two episodes. If one starts by choosing an older episode, SoundCloud will reward you by loading the newest review automatically. Sometimes there are moments of splendid serendipity. For example, I ended up finishing a, the review for Rumpelstiltskin, which features a character famous for an elusive name, only to start another review with a friendly chat about Groot, a character who is very forthcoming with their name. <laughs> One of the many happy accidents thanks to the randomness of pairing new and old episodes. Huh. So that's very cool. Yeah. Thank you for the hat tip there, Heather. Grown-up things we like. Uh, you go first. Okay, um, as ever, I'm a podcast fan. Sorry, dude. It's got two today, um, which is probably bad. I should probably spread these things out more. The first one, we had, you mentioned Beetlejuice at the beginning of this podcast. Well, I just listened to an entire discussion of Beetlejuice on a podcast called Still Buffering. It's from uh, the Maximum Fun folks. I believe this is, you know, the McElroys or these three brothers. I believe this is a podcast of all of their wives. Um, just talking about stuff from when they were kids. So they just did one on Beetlejuice because one of them watched it with her kids. So they're discussing Beetlejuice, the original movie, Beetlejuice, the animated cartoon, and Beetlejuice, the musical. So good. And it's a really interesting, you know, the fact that Catherine O'Hara basically just adapted her character for 
Shit's Creek and mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Um, yeah, it's it's a really interesting talk. It's lots of fun. The other one is a far more serious one. This is from uh, the TCM uh, channel's podcast. It's called The Plot Thickens, uh, where they take a deep dive into a film and just go into its entire process. I didn't listen to season one. I wasn't interested. But season two is about Bonfire of the Vanities, a great big old heck of a huge flop. It is a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, so I highly recommend uh, The Plot Thickens and Still Buffering, two very fun podcasts. Right on. Hooray. I'm doing a TV show. Cool. If you have Apple TV, chances are you've, well, I already went over Ted Lasso, which is now showing the season two episodes, but Schmigadoon is the latest series. I'm so jealous you get to watch this. Um, let me just read you the summary that I found online because it explains it better than I ever could. Oh, sure, sure. A parody of iconic musicals, Schmigadoon is a new musical comedy series executive produced by Lauren Michaels, who heads SNL, and starring Emmy Award nominee Cicely Strong, who also used to be on SNL, uh, and Emmy Award winner Keegan-Michael Key as a couple on a backpacking trip designed to reinvigorate their relationship when they discover a magical town in which everyone is living in a studio musical from the 1940s. They then discover that they can't leave until they find, quote-unquote, true love. Mm-hmm. So you've got Fred Armisen, Alan Cumming, Martin Short. You've got uh, different people playing uh, kind of parodies of people from different musicals. So you've yeah. got Kristen Chenoweth. Um, her character is based on Mrs. Shin from The Music Man. You've got Jane Krakowski, who is playing a Baroness based on uh, the character from The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you've got another woman who's playing a parody of um, Marianne from The Music Man. Uh, you've got Dove Cameron, whose character is inspired by Ado Annie from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched maybe like the first song that they sing, and it is 100% like Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I've seen clips of it. It just looks delightful. Yeah. it's yeah. Oh, it's very entertaining because constantly, like, you know, the two main characters are like, is this happening? Are we really? You're singing this song right now? Is this? I didn't buy tickets for this. Um, okay. But it's very funny. Highly recommend it. Uh, go check out Schmigadoon on pray, Apple TV. I pray, pray, pray they do a uh, WandaVision thing. And then like next season, they do like 90s musicals like Rent and things like oh. that. Because that would, wouldn't it be great if they went to different kinds of musicals from different eras? Yeah. That would be marvelous. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, uh, Cicely Strong's character is like, they're n- they don't kill people in musicals except for... <laughs> West Side Story and South Pacific and actually like bring it in. List all these yeah, yeah musicals. Yeah. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, <laughs> yeah. Someone's gotta die on each one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's my excellent, thing. Excellent, excellent recommendation. All right. Well, thank you for giving me a Canadian book. I you know what? It's the most Canadian book I could have possibly have given. And now you. we can get into the uh the getting back to school, fall coming, that sort of stuff. I do have in August. I, I actually I mean. already have a back to school book. I can't remember if we did the most famous one, but I've I'll have to I'll have to check on that. You'll have to go through the past hundred and ninety one episodes to check it out. I would ask you about it, but I'm pretty sure we did do it. So I, I have a runner up uh, for the second most famous back to school picture book. So All right. y'all are just gonna have to guess what that is. And until you do, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Au revoir. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. 
You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number eight, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our sweet poutine is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.